And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier and Dieter's Business Speed. I'm John Ray, alongside Frazier and Dieter, managing partner in Alpharetta, Roger Lesbie. Roger. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How's tax season? Well, right now it feels great. Uh, we're almost in springtime, uh, 80 degrees this week, and yeah. uh, and we're not too busy just yet. Just yet. But, but I'm sure we'll see it in the next uh, 60 days. The tsunami is coming, right? It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, you always handle it so elegantly, so thank you for that. Congratulations on that, but you brought a guest. I did. I brought my uh, tax partner, Matt Foster, with me. Uh, Matt's working with me now out of the Alpharetta office and has been with our firm for over 15 years now. Matt? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you here, Matt. So 15 years of Frazier and Dieter, how's it been? Uh, it, it's been good. It's taken me 15 years to get here, So, um, but I, I haven't had any regrets yet. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that anniversary, and welcome. Thank you. To Business Beat. And we've got a great guest here to talk uh, private equity and all sorts of other related subjects. Tuff Yin is with us, and he is with the Seraf Group. Tuff, welcome. All right, good morning. Uh, nice to be here. My name is Tuff Yin. I found the Seraf Group. Uh, we make venture capital investment. That's great. Terrific. So your um, talk a little bit about your background and what's kind of your, been your journey and what, how you've gotten to this point, Tuff. We'll, then we'll talk more about Seraf Group. Okay. The bullet point is I went to University of California, Berkeley. It was a genetic engineering, caught the whole biotech uh, rise, and then went to business school at Yale and ended up on Wall Street, worked for, worked for what is today's J.P. Morgan partner, uh, started a venture capital with a scientific background. And I also was uh, uh, in the same years, plus and minus, with the dot-com 1.0 generation. So with the combination of IT and biotech and some investment, that's how I get to where I'm today. And then you've moved from California to uh, a new resident now in Milton? <laughs> yes, yes. It was, a, it, was, it was a side trip in life to come down to Georgia to help one of the company here to make some investment. And then I ended up really falling in love with the Georgia landscape and the, and the quality of life. So while I work in Silicon Valley, I live here. Uh, I moved to Milton about six months ago. And we're glad to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. I've enjoyed the horse country and the lovely cities and the people here. Yeah. But, John, if I can regress just a minute. I Please. Mean, Tuff's got a great story. If I remember correctly, uh, you're from Taiwan, and you came here to the United States, and you were, what, 19 years of age? Yes. Uh, I was in the second year in college, what is the equivalent to Harvard, Taiwan, the Taiwan University. And then the summer, they would have a international Boy Scout program, and I happened to be a sort of equivalent of Eagle Scout in the Taiwan system. And I said, hey, this is a great trip. Great opportunity to come to visit America. So in 84, I got dropped into the Pennsylvania and the Pocono Mountains and the uh, Boy Scout camp for a couple of months. And after that, uh, my family decided, you know, this is a great country and an opportunity is here. And that's when I immigrated. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool story. It's another yeah. one of those American dream come true type stories. But uh, Absolutely. Uh, but, but we welcome you here. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, talk about, I mean, Maybe the answers to this this question are obvious, but you bring some heavy technical expertise to the table when it comes to investing. So talk about what that does for you and how that informs you as you do your work. Uh, you know, uh, all of us experience, uh, we're proud of sort of an environment, and I happen to uh, 
graduate from Berkeley, and Berkeley, Stanford are the sort of tech center, university. And if you immerse yourself in the tech environment, you watch and learn about how all, you know, technology and the economy works, and then you realize that the world is uh, accelerating faster and faster. So while my technical background is in biotech, which is, you know, really afforded me a lot of analytical skill to look at whole biotech investment, but most of my peers in the IT were only early owners of Apple computers and so that whole generation is what we call the flow. Okay, if you're in the right flow, you get exposed to opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that helps me to sort of immerse myself into the investment and then building companies. And you get a perspective over time. You build up this knowledge and network to help you make investment. So what are some of the big picture trends in biotechnology? And maybe what I need to ask First of all, about is this your focus in Seraph Group, or do you have another no. particular focus? Well, let's no. get to that then. Yeah, we, um, you know, even though I started biotech, but I have invested across the board from aerospace to you know, internet to mm-hmm. cybersecurity to transportation to telecom, uh, pretty much across the whole spectrum. The only area that we don't invest in is consumer product like coffee or next drinks or uh, that area. So typically, we invest something that has a tech as a principal asset, whether it started a software or hardware innovation, or proprietary chemical molecules, and, and those things. So I do invest across the spectrum. Seracruz does invest really across the board. The reason why we do that because we think that every sector has innovation, mm-hmm. and they rapidly come and they leave, you know. And so if you are if you're are there to capture bigger long-term investors, you need to start learning to capture all the knowledge and information and immerse yourself in that changes. And that's why Seraph Group was built for a long-term investment firm, not just for a, like a crypto investment fund or IoT fund or, you know, Actat fund. Uh, those are all fine, but our choice is to be a long-term investment, so we adapt along the way. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you, uh, in those sectors, I guess let's talk about, you're talking about the the, the bringing the innovation of whether it's IoT, IoT or AI or whatever the innovation is to those industries. What are some of the big picture trends that you're seeing that that you're paying close attention to from an investment point of view? Yeah, very early on, the the, the speed of changes are accelerating faster and faster. And the technologies are almost impact every parts of society, even include service area. Okay, So the big picture trend is that you need to watch where technology is going uh, and where the utility is. Okay, obviously everybody's talking about ChatGPT right now, and mm. uh, a few years ago was talking about you know different areas. So any of these trends are are they're they're very destructive. They break things. Okay, not everything will you know end up creating a good economic outcome, but they're breaking things okay? because they find some utility along the way. So I think the big trend is that you should just look at everything, examine everything. And look at your balance sheet income statement. Go down line by line to see what is being changed. Yeah, that each line. What's cost that line changes? Uh, you know, Amazon was a living example how it completely changed the order of the business structure, how it you know impacted the traditional retail. So, in a simplistic form, you just kind of look at your balance sheet income statement and watch the area that changes the impact. The technology coming in to change each one of them sooner or later. That's why I looked at it. Well, that's right up your alley, Roger, taking the financials and going right down the list and, and looking at innovations uh, and how that's going to affect each each line item. 
Well, I love that. Don't well, you? it is, and there, yeah. as Tuff says, there's some great opportunities, and there's some great private companies uh, that are around, not only right here in Georgia, but within the southeast. And I think that's really leading Tuff to one of his uh, one of his business decisions is to maybe create a uh, a, a Milton Angel Fund. Uh-huh. So why don't you speak to that, Tuff? Right. You know, one of the things I notice about is that different area, the exposure to this great wealth creation asset class. You know, I've been doing it for 30 years myself, uh, starting my firm 20 years ago. So I look at investment as a as a must be um, uh, as part of my growth and building wealth. And <clears throat> since I moved to Milton, I noticed that there aren't that many people here that um, you know are doing investments. So because of my uh, history and track record in the national network I built up, I have about 400 investors from 135 cities. Many are leading CEOs. Some of them are entrepreneurs. Many well-known New York Times bestsellers, celebrities in there in terms of business celebrities in here that we have done this for many years. And I thought maybe the people like-minded here will be also interested in not only investing in technology nationwide, but hopefully, you know, find a good company or two here in the Milton area that we can invest because that's where the wealth creation is, is, is happening. And you like it or not, you know, because I think that if you do it correctly, like we did, um, you find this whole investing very rewarding and, but also very profitable. So what have you seen so far? I mean, you're, you're, you've been in Milton a while casting about what, what have you seen so far in terms of the investment environment here? Well, from a sort of standpoint, I have seen some, you know, I'm still in the process of learning that. I think the opportunity uh, is to, you know, uh, gather some of the people who are interested in investing in, in the Southeast or nation, it doesn't matter. But by virtue of having an investment group here, we'll be attract smart entrepreneur to come here to start company and also elevate our local entrepreneur to be able to get the right support. And it goes hand in hand. It's a chicken and egg thing, but you started with the capital sources and people realize that they are very smart people living, uh, investing here. An entrepreneur maybe come here to seeking capital to work with smart people and then use kind of a, a self-fulfilling yeah. And then talk to some of the talk to us about some of the people that are working with you in this fund. Some of them are right here from from this area. Mr. Fleming, for example, was uh, down there at Georgia Tech, and yeah, well, you know, I kept my investor list pretty private because some of them, you know, are well known people. But I think you know, I can name a few that are uh, open for me to talk to, like the former CIO of Bell South. Uh, he's one of the top CIO of hundred CIOs in the country. Uh, Frank Dreamus has been supported early on. Uh, we also have Stephen Fleming, who's a former head of the Georgia Tech ATDC, um, and um, among other, there are CEOs here in town. <clears throat> um, uh, and also have you know uh, people from West Coast, a gentleman created quick, invented quick, quick time. We have CTO Snapchat, so a hodgepodge of a lot of other people. Uh, I think having that resources that I built out over the 18, 20 years bring to the table of which when we started uh, inviting Milton people to come and look at invest in Southeast. The access and knowledge and be able to find access to good deal flow. Uh, we're not a startup, you know. We've already been around for 19 sure. years. I think, you know, if anybody likes mine here uh, at Milton, looking at investing in meaningful business and being at a cutting edge um, and enjoy working with each other, this would be the place to be. So for this angel fund that you're setting up, is it going to be a similar investment profile as your other fund where it's, you know, any industry, any kind of business that just attracts you, or is it going to be, you're going to be more targeted in your right. investments? All right. Now, 
the mission of Sarah Group is bring together successful people to create wealth. And so we look at ways that anywhere that we make investments generate 20 to 30% IRR and above as a target. You know, obviously, private equity venture capital has been our main focus. Now, creating a group here in Georgia, uh, we're meet, you know, living here, uh, doing the cross proximity, we certainly want to leverage the local flow. Okay. Georgia Tech, UGA, up here, Alpharetta, Gwinnett, Tecum County. The flow is the community. Okay. Where the resources are, where the assets are, where you can create wealth. Now, very important the difference because venture capital is investing in one out of maybe 20 companies that are venture capital scale. Okay. A lifestyle business that you can create a good restaurant, make a really good cash flow, but bones is not a venture capital investment. Okay. So we want to invest in something here that has scalability, which is the different, uh, that you need to find something one plus one equal to three, three plus three equal to nine. And, and that's, not very often, but tech technology uh, probably fit that criteria. So we're looking for southeast of Georgia and and and, and Alpharetta or you know, Milton. It really doesn't matter what you do. You can be a biotech company here. You can be a software company here. So really, there's not an industry focus, but more about growth focus. It's looking for companies that are kind of hitting that ceiling and they need that capital to take it to the next level. Well, see, you know, the world of finance is also revol- uh, uh, evolving very quickly. It used to be the angel money where, you know, friends and family come in, someone want to start an idea, they have a napkin, they have an idea, they haven't even cooked anything or made anything. You give them a few hundred thousand and start making something. Then there's this what we call the seed money or pre-seed money. Now you have made some prototype, you have cut some, uh, you know, hardware, you show it to your potential customer, you can get some kind of preliminary feedback, say, you know, this thing work, there's a market for that. And that's where the professionals see money come in, right? That's kind of where we pay, okay? Mm-hmm. Because then there's the venture capital after you get a million dollar revenue or two million dollar revenue, that number changes, depends on the market and condition. Then you have the big venture capital fund comes in with five, ten million dollar. But before that is the, what we call the capital gap United States. That raising the first one to two million dollars is the hardest thing come by in the United States, okay? That's a capital gap. That's where we... That's where I pioneered. I started this thing in 2004 where no one in the country is focused on that one. But now there's dozens and dozens of firms that recognize as a seed money. That's kind of where we are. Well, and as you say, there's still a shortage of this, even though you've got a lot of players that have come into that market, right? There's still a shortage of that capital at that level, yeah. right? Yes, it depends on geographic. You know, the culture, the local leadership, history has a lot to do with. You know, if you live in a community where historically there hasn't been a lot of leadership in terms of putting entrepreneurship as your focus because it's a risky, you have a lot of risk-taking attitude for that. But it is not that hard. It's just to get people educated, understanding this. If you do it a certain way, it's not that hard. To make the big money, it's not that easy. But completely lost your money, you have... That means you haven't really learned how to do this thing. And that's one of the biggest mysteries about people thinking about, oh, venture capital, angel investing, you're going to lose a lot of money. And, and Wall Street keep telling me, so don't go there, don't go there, you should put money with us. Well, the Wall Street turn your money inside out for the, through the commission, buying and selling, but we're not, right? <laughs> right. But if you do it in a basket way, you know, it's, it is now uh, well-known among the professional angel community. If you invest in 15 to 25 companies and you carefully choose them to do it a certain way, the chances of making money is significantly higher than you try to invest with your friend for two or three deals. And data's really proven that. And we're one of the pioneers that generated that, that, that data. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, Tough Yen is with us, folks. He is with the Serif Group. So, Tough, uh, 
putting, uh, you know, Roger and I are active the Greater North Fulton Chamber, so put, putting our chamber hats on for a second. You know, we've we've heard stories. We we see companies that we know that have moved here from Silicon Valley. They've gotten funded, and in some cases, they were mandated to move because by their uh, in in investors because once they got here, that runway of capital that they had would go a lot longer, right? Because the, the the cost of doing business is so much lower. And so they had a much lo- longer runway of capital in terms of that investment they just received. What, 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 how much, how active do you think that trend is going to be uh, in terms of companies moving out of Silicon Valley and some of these high cost areas and moving to places like Georgia? Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty prevalent, you know, in the Bay area, <clears throat> Which I have risen here, and then uh, it's it's become increasingly difficult to uh, run, build a company, and and I see a lot of people moving to you know uh, southeast, moving to Texas, uh, Midwest, you know Boise, Idaho is another hot uh, hot area that people move to, and given the um, uh, you know, the COVID actually helped this mm. because now the whole world can say you can work remotely, it just as be productive, right, right. And so it has become a permanent thing. As I will find, the, the bias of the investing company only in Silicon Valley has gradually faded away. You know, so the money will go chase with entrepreneurs. You know, you could be a great inventor. You live in North Georgia or Columbia. As long as your product you build is, you know, spectacular, you know, money will come to you. And then like 10 years ago, a lot of venture capitalists in Silicon Valley said, well, I'm never going to fly anywhere more than an hour. I'm going to drive down 40 minutes. How pompous that was, right? Mm. But now they're chasing all over the country trying to put money in. You know, times change. So if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you got the goods. America's still the f- most fabulous place to start business. So I look at the whole North Georgia, giving the infrastructure we have here, Milton here. Oh my God, can anybody not look at this city and say how beautiful it is, mm-hmm. how nice to live here? Mm-hmm. And you have no excuses not start a company here, and when every supports here. Now all we need to do is right now is get some of the community members. Uh, you know, and uh, the corporation had to realize that, hey, listen, to, to generate more, to, to make the city even better, you have to have some kind of economic, you know, activity that are not just based on completing on services, right? You have to have innovation that drive permanent wealth that created a level of the wealth of which we can feed back to the community to make the city even better. Mm-hmm. And so we're, I hope on a high-tech sector, um, we could, we'll see more of that, you know. A beast living in Decatur. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, tough. Let's, let's, um, let's talk to, to those companies out there that are, that approach you and they're looking for an, for investment. I mean, what, what should they be thinking about? What are the kinds of companies you're looking for? And then just more broadly, what should uh, a company that needs one to two million in capital, like what you're talking about, what should they look for in in an investor? Okay, well, uh, I would say what they look for investors is a complicated question. Depends on exactly what the business for. But if they're just seeking the first round of capital from outside, besides friends and family, I was, you know, I, I give lectures at Harvard Business School at you know Yale and other area to talk about, you know, how you approach investor. But really, you don't need to know me. Okay. Some people say, well, you need to know someone who know me. I mean, that's not it. But, but you need to have a very good pitch. You know, and people spend time learning about the pitch. But for me, the fourth thing is, first, tell me what you do. Okay. I, 
I don't really care about your background, who you are, where you went to school, until you tell me what you're doing. Then if I find that very interesting, then I said, what have you done? Second question. You tell me what you've done in, in 15 seconds. Those two added together is 50% what I want to continue the conversation with. Because first, I need to know what you're doing is very interesting. Second, what you've done, show me your productivity, right? Then the third thing I was in, I was like, you know, how much money you're looking for and why, right? Then you tell me what you're doing. Once I pass that, I said, okay, let's sit down. I'm interested. Okay, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? What's your resume? Because by the way, you articulate what you want to do and what you've done. I already got a very good sense of how capable you are. And that sense comes from doing this for 30 years. And this is not some something the most amateur investor or even a successful operating guy who just sold his company would immediately be able to acquire the skills. Because when you see large enough samples of people pitching you, you know, you got a database to compare, right? Every business has been around for a long time. You see your client. You kind of know when client come in 20 years, uh, a client come in 20 minutes, you kind of know, oh, I kind of know what this client's going to be like, right? I've seen thousands of entrepreneurs pitching me business, right? Two guys eating ramen noodles, sleeping bunker beds, college graduate. Took 20000 for the parents. Within three months, they cranked up a website, started getting the traffic. Three MBA from Harvard. I'll pick up Harvard because I went to Yale. <laughs> Three MBA in Harvard. Raise a million dollars. None of them code. Hire a firm in Romania coding. After spending half a million dollar website, went up. 20000 half a million dollar. Did it in three months. Did it in six months. Mm. I know that. Right. You couldn't possibly know that. I right. see that, right? So that's the reference of which is important. So what I'm looking for is someone who knows what they're doing. Now, I may not like your idea. But it's okay, right? You know, other people may like it. But if you're hitting the idea that I've been watching a market for, then it will click my mind. So I know I've been watching artificial intelligence, right? Professionals like are looking every detail, say where's this going? We're trying to figure out what you know what the trends are, where the monies are, where the wealth is. We may not be always correct, but we know more than the average people. Mm-hmm. So when you tell me something within a minute or two, I can call call it out if it's not real or you haven't done your homework, right? So that's how I looked at it. Wow. So um, folks need to have their story straight, really, right? And and have done their homework before they before they pick up the phone or send you a note or what have you. Yes, for example, if an entrepreneur comes and says, "Listen, um, accounting is very expensive. I've created a new web based accounting cloud, better than QuickBook, more entrepreneur friendly, using intelligence. You can do a self service up to a certain point without hiring an accountant." I cut my ears. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How is that done? Because I've been through that issue myself, mm-hmm. right? And what have you done? Oh, within six months, we created a prototype. We now have 15 customers, pilots, sort of using it right now. And they have the feedback. They're always at 90% and very happy. Bang, those two things already come eyes. There you go. As an yeah. example. There you go. I love that example. So you're not looking for like market disruptor companies or you're you looking at either that or perfecting a product that's already out there. I'm, looking, it to the I'm looking at the customer need first. All that market disrupting come later. If you don't have any customer who love your product, you haven't found your customer yet. Yeah. Or what, or what problem are they trying to solve? Yeah. Type of, type of question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, historically, you know, with, with my career, I've always tended to invest more in people than in, in ideas. And um, and well, I have something to share on that one. I share some light on that one. Okay, so um, one of the greatest venture capitalists, Mike Morris from Sequoia. 
You know, I remember him at a, one of the conference, and and whenever you have a conference, you have a bunch of venture capitalists on stage. The moderator asks a question. So, what do you guys look for when you invest in? Nine out of ten say invest in people. Well, let me give you an example of that doesn't work. Okay, some of the biggest tech companies started by people that dropped out of college. Michael Dell, Bill Gates, founders of Yahoo. None of these people had resume. They were sitting on campus cooking something out. And you look at the resume and said, there's no resume. What I give this guy a million dollars versus I give some HB vice president from HB or Hewlett Packard or IBM that walked out or Georgia Tech. And it's a good resume. But these are the kids that break things, right? They created something, followed the trend. They have a good note. They smell it. And they've been a huge successful company. Well, they did not expect it to be that big at the time. Okay, nobody knew this, these companies would be that big. When Google saw search engine, they were all students, right? So you don't have management reference for those people. So they are the outliers of what we call normal distribution curve. So as a VC, for me personally, I, all the people in the middle, we all chase them, okay? All the money's going in, the people, and they're on the outlier. These are the graveyard. These are the dumb ideas, sort of like, you know, people in the... And then there are a few here that become a huge successful. You got to keep your open mind on that. So make exception your rule. When I run to people with no, no resume, then I ask them, show me some evidence of what has happened. Okay. Come back every two weeks. Stop by. Has the web traffic increased? Has more people using that? Follow the numbers. Even the entrepreneur who can't pitch very well, or not every great entrepreneur are great, slick salespeople. They can talk like that. When I first saw this, I was a bit stuttering. I was very nervous, but now I'm more fluent. But so if they can't really present persuasive well, then I go for the number. Show me what you've done and examine the product and then make another assessment. This way you don't miss out on some of the, you know, people who don't have reference for you. Of course, in that example, the person that I might be investing in might be Mike Morris. In other words, if Mike Morris thinks that this is a good investment, then then I'm in. Yep. Uh, and you can so, follow. You can follow the good, good investors, and and that gives get that gets you the kind of filtering, right? Yeah. So tough as we wrap up, let's talk about. I'm sure there's folks listening to this show that uh, might be in, speaking of uh, investing with good people might be interested in investing in this um, proposed built-in fund you have talk about the status of the fund are you open for investment what kind of investment are you looking for that kind of thing yes yeah we're about to launch the uh serif georgia uh based out of milton uh that's a fun name we call uh mainly we're inviting people in the community who are accredited investors uh you can uh, contact me at tough as serif group.net uh if you're interested um the fund will will be hoping to raise over a year, a year and a half. We want to get more people, community to come together because having the um, the, the contact re- relationship here uh, and brings a lot of value to entrepreneur. So, if anybody interested, feel free to you know reach out to me, and uh, we're looking to maybe build a bit between ten to twenty million dollar fund, mm-hmm. and I'll be one of the investors, probably the larger one, uh, and inviting other like minded people. Terrific. Terrific. Tough in with the Serif Group. Folks, tough. Let's just uh, reiterate those directions, uh, how folks can find you, your contact information. Yeah, my email is T-U-F-F, tough, at serifgroup.net. Serif is the angel word, serifgroup.net. Or you can reach me at 415-568-7545. Tough in with the Serif Group. Tough, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. 
Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that Business Beat is brought to you by the Alpharetta office of CPA firm, Frazier & Dieter. This is a podcast that covers topics and issues facing small business owners and connecting them with solutions from leading experts. Frazier & Dieter is an accounting and advisory firm that offers a full suite of services, including tax audit advisory services and fund administration. Speaking of venture funds, um, for more information, go to FraserDieter.com. Roger, another great show today. This has been fun. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, I'm excited uh, that we had Tough on board. I'm yeah. excited for what he's trying to do up here in Milton with the Angel Fund, and I'm excited that my partner, Matt Foster, was able to join us today. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in, Matt. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, Tough, all the best uh, as you start your fund, and we're looking forward to your tracking your success. I'm looking forward to working with all of you. Yeah, thank you so much. Roger, thank you, Roger. Thank you. We'll see you next month, John. Absolutely. So for my sidekick here, Roger Lusby, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Frazier & Dieter's Business Beat.